What's up, everybody? This is TJ Reed, and you are listening to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. We are on a mission to help you develop consistency, a thriving career, and to find company for the journey as a leader. Join us and leaders from over 300 cities around the world as we now dive into Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Leads, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and I am so excited today to have with me Matt Barnett. Matt, how are you? Great, thanks, TJ. Good to be here. It is so good to have you here. Um, Matt, uh, I would love for you to just share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of the journey to where you're at today. Sure thing. Uh, So I'm actually uh, British originally. So I'm a designer from London. And I moved to Australia maybe 10 years ago, um, mostly to surf, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, we came here, came here, did, did an MBA, uh, primarily to get a visa over here and to meet some non-designer type folks. So most of my MBA cohort were finance and, and tech and a lot of, a lot of US guys there. Um, but then off the back of that, uh, went and launched a tech company, which failed miserably. Uh, as as they all do at the beginning, had a, had the whole thing, the founder breakup, lost loads of investment, etc. Now, off the back of that, we launched another couple of companies, and I say across a company called Bonjour today, uh, which is kind of product headquartered here in Australia, but then team in um, US, uh, London, Manila, South Africa, um, and Poland. Wow, all over the globe, all around the place, almost in every continent, right? Yeah, like who are we missing? Greenland? <laughs> we, need, we need to fix that. That's awesome. Would you talk a little bit? I, I don't want to open old wounds, but would you talk a little bit about the failed thing that you did first and like how that maybe led you to where you're at today? Yeah, for sure. So, so I mean, the caveat is I was always looking to go into business. So I grew up around um, a business environment. My brother runs a business over in the States. Uh, like the family, family business. So it was always where I was going to go. So I was looking for something anyway. I happened to meet um, a co-founder on a date. Uh, so oh, she wow. was a female UX designer. The date didn't work out, but we decided to start a company. Um, <laughs> got on really well. Um, when I raised money, it was, it was a B2C product. Honestly, we were just like, we just had a lot of lessons we hadn't learned by that point. So we went out, we didn't get enough traction um, and we kind of raised probably, I mean, it wasn't a huge amount, but maybe three, 400K seed, I think. Went out, launched, didn't get enough traction, didn't go fast enough. Um, and then uh, I guess the founder relationship took a strain from that. And she decided that she didn't want to do it anymore. Hmm. And so moved out. And then me and a couple of team actually decided to pivot and move into another industry. And we went into the research industry. And that company did, did pretty good. And we actually still have that today, but then out of the back of that, we then launched the third company. So, you know, a happy, happy ending to that story. Sure. But I think just being like, like again, I just, I just think we had to have the lessons that everyone learned when they first start business. Which, so, so what's some of those lessons? Like, um, like if there's like somebody younger here that's thinking, Hey, I, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. Or I want to get into the technology industry. What are some things that you would kind of say, Hey, watch out for this around the corner. Yeah, well, market validation for, for one. So, so we had a great idea. It was, it was doing family life stories. I had a really, you know, it, it was really feel good um, product. Everyone told us they wanted it. So we went and built it. Lots of people signed up. We actually took, took quite a bit of money. 
but then no one activated and what it was. So we were doing this thing where we were basically helping people to, we built an app where they could go and ask grandma, you know, a hundred questions on video. This is video apps were pretty new. It was maybe eight years ago. Okay. Um, so they'd ask grandma these video questions. They would, that would get stored in an online repository. And then you'd have this video of grandma to show the grandkids in future. The bit that we missed on this, and we probably should have picked this up, was that although everyone wanted to do it, to do it getting people actually to go and do the interviews was really hard. And people kept saying, oh, look, I'll get around to doing it. I'll get around to doing it. I'll get around to doing it. And then grandma would get ill and they go, I don't want to do it now because I don't want to remember her in this state. Mm. But interestingly, again, it was you know, a great thing, but there was no urgency to it. Mm. And when you don't have urgency, like obviously there are ways that you can drive urgency. Um, and now I look at it and I'm like, well, there's, there's ways you can actually do that. Um, but at the time, we really struggled to get that activation. If you don't have an active product, that product is you know, going to fail. We, we probably invested too much time building out when we could have tested that a lot earlier and a lot cheaper. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. And that's that's got to be hard because when you have a an older family member, you just kind of go, ah, I don't I don't want to I I I think about that. Yeah, you don't want to remember in that in that state. And so, how do you get them to take action two years earlier when you wish they would have? Yeah, so I I think if you're going to go out there, especially if you're going to build products and services, make sure there's a purchaser, um, like early early on before you get investment if you can, and then make sure that purchaser uses the product or does what they say they're going to do. Just someone saying, this is a great idea, I would buy this, and then they never use it. Again, that's, that's generally destined to fail. Um, it's actually better to have people using your products and not paying any money because at least then you know that, that there's value in what it is you do and try and solve a need rather than the want. I also think going into consumer, like we do, B, we do B2B, so business-to-business software, yeah. uh, I far prefer it. I, like, like I, I just think it's easier to build a business there. I think business-to-consumer is tough and there's a lot more competition and less willingness to spend like it's it's more of a minefield sure do is that because like the the financial picture for businesses is a little bit more stable typically than the regular household finances yeah i think so and you know less fads like products will come in and be kept in businesses for years and years um, yes, they have budgets to spend. They have much larger budgets to spend than we do individually, potentially. But this is not a blanket rule. There are many, many great B2C businesses out there in the world. Sure. Um, you know, maybe just, just do consider it. And if you have experience, I mean, like even if you're young, you know, if you've been in jobs and you see things and you go, this is a problem and we can maybe solve this. If you have first-hand experience, it's going to be a lot easier to build a solution for that yeah. as well. Because it's something you care about. It's something that like you're... You see a frustration for that you go, I, 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 this can be better. It's a, it's a pain, like you've experienced that pain. Whereas, you know, the grandparents thing, I look back on it, I'm like, yes, okay, people have experiences, but, it, but they haven't experienced going and doing videos and doing the recording and doing the interview themselves. So you can't take a bit of a gamble saying, well, this is a great idea, will it, will it become a thing? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so like... Bonjoro, it also is like a video type of thing. What what interested you in the video? It seems like that seems to be uh, something that's kind of trekked throughout your career. How did you, was it the designer side of you that really was interested in video or what, why is that? I think, I think because this original business idea we had included video. Okay. When we then looked to pivot that, we built a second video product because we had, we had understanding of video. Like again, like when we first launched, most phones did not have a video camera. They yeah. could do like, pictures they can do video and there are very few video apps so we, so we always had this struggle when not everyone had the right phone um but interestingly 
going through this process, we suddenly realized we actually, we actually knew quite a bit about video. We saw another opportunity that was in the business scenario and that worked pretty well. As we built that, we learned more about video. And, and the latest business, Bonjuro, was actually not supposed to be a business. It was simply something we were doing. So we would send videos to customers when they came on board. Okay. You know, I used to take a boat to work and I'd do a video on the boat going past the opera house and be like, hey, Jim, saw you signed up. You know, here we are in Australia. And then some of those customers asked if they could use this product. So it was solving a need for us where we were using it to convert more leads from, from um, uh, in our own channel. And then those leads came around. They were like, can we also use this to convert more leads for ourselves? Yeah. So we obviously hit, hit a pain point. We solved that for ourselves. And turns out that was a problem for lots more businesses. And then the, and then the product we, we released grew from there. Um, so again, back to that first point, when I said, you know, there was a pain point we were trying to solve and just turns out a few thousand other people had that same pain point. So it kind of just emerged from really trying to serve and connect with your customers. Yeah. Which is great. Like, again, like, you know, if you build stuff that solves your problems and then you find other people have it, it's way easier because you, because because you experienced it, you know, and then, and then if it starts to go and people want it, you just, you just run with that rabbit hole. You just see how deep it goes. Yeah. You know? That's, that's where the chase gets fun, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then one day you're like, Oh my God, we have a business. <laughs> So I, I'm really interested, like as a, as a manager, as a leader, you, you said you have folks in the United States, in South Africa, Poland, uh, the Philippines, is that where else you said? Yeah. yeah. Um, London. How, how do you manage a remote team across the globe? Yeah. We, so we, we, we're on Slack a lot. Okay. So, so like online comms is key, especially with, with different time zones. Sure. Um, we also run, so we'll, we'll run weekly meetings with each of the teams. Uh, and then we run monthly meetings with the whole company. So everyone sure. needs to get on a call, which means some crazy hours for yeah. some of the team. Uh, but that call is actually mostly around culture. So we do go over the business things, uh, what was good that month, what, what's coming up, but it's actually more of a kind of bonding session. Hmm. And then we'll bring the whole team together once a year. So we did kind of Scotland last year. We did Australia the year before. So we fly everyone out. Um, and obviously we're paying, you know, we, we have offices here in Sydney and offices in London, but everyone else is completely remote. So the money we save on desk space, we spend on flights, bringing everyone together. Um, there's a lot, I mean, what, what other details do you want to go to? There's a lot around, obviously, making sure that country teams get together. And How, how do you, so let's talk about the, the building culture through those yeah. uh, calls. Like, what does that look like for you? Because I know it's, it's probably a lot of, hey, this is kind of our heart, our passion for this business, and let's instill that in you since you're not here in Australia with us or in our London offices. Like, uh, what does that look like for your team members over video? Yeah, so we, tend, we generally have department heads will run through their stuff for the month and the month coming up. So marketing will do this, but marketing is in you know, the States and the UK. So you know, the head of marketing will then call out certain team members. Product is generally Australia and uh, Manila. Okay. Um, so the Australian CTO will then call out the other team and, and bring them in. So it's kind of like you get each department head to run their own piece and then call out the team members like each month. So also, so we'll, we'll congratulate everyone, but I let each team member do that. So it's not me running the main call. Sure. In fact, the guy, it's actually one of my product guys is the guy who kind of kicks off the call because uh, he's the funniest one out of all of us. And so his job is just to make sure everyone starts smiling and having fun before we get into things. So we kind of like got down to a bit of an art, but it's, it's about, you have to have everyone involved in the call. We keep it to kind of 40 minutes. So it doesn't go over so everyone's engaged. Um, 
it really you do like you know outside of calls you have to bring people together because then when they get on the calls they, they know everyone but like one of the other things we do with team members is whenever we get a new team member full time uh we let them order a custom bear suit onesie so okay. we have a company that makes these and in the uk and because our branding is all around these bears the first thing a new employee does is order one for themselves or for their kids and That's it sounds awesome. stupid literally put some in the brand and then you know sometimes on the call like there'll always be somebody wearing one because it's always winter somewhere in the world you know that's such a cool idea i love that I, now that you mentioned it when i saw the logo on your website yeah that that makes a lot of sense that would be a blast to just hop on video and see the, another person in a bear suit that would that'd be awesome it's pretty funny people like it you know so it's it's a good intro and culture is all about how you bring people in, into the company in the first place so sure you know, you've got this first and you know, it's like the first three months are really, really critical to this, you know? Um, but yeah. So, so what do you look for? Like when you're, um, when you're getting somebody to join your team, if they, especially if they're one of those remote folks that, uh, isn't going to be joining one of your offices, like how do you guys, uh, hire them? How do you vet them so that you know that they're, they're going to be on board with the Bonjoro mission and stuff? Yeah. So we definitely attract a certain type of talent again, because the brand that, that, that comes through and we tend to, we tend to vet quite heavily for that cultural fit. Um, some areas easier to hire for than others. Engineering is actually quite easy to hire for because we do tests and things. Sales is a lot harder because well, the tests. Sure. So then quite a few video calls with them. If they're going to be remote working, we generally prefer to hire people who've had remote experience. Sure. Um, now, like the States, generally, a lot of people there have remote experience. It's not as common here in Australia. It's not as common in the UK. It is becoming more common. Um, so they either have to have it. That's not, that's, not a, that's not crucial. Like people can, if they want to work remote for the first time, they need to just be able to demonstrate they can do that because it, it can be hard. Sure. And obviously, if they're in London or Sydney, it's easier because we can do partial remote working and then have them in the office. And it's actually a lot easier to onboard people. But again, it's you know, looking for people who are self-motivated, who do have processes and structure in their life because without that remote working is very hard sure. to be effective. Um, most of our remote workers tend to be over 30, I'd say. Sure. Um, so there's definitely a life stage time that comes with it. Whereas our more junior members tend to be in the offices. Makes sense. Yeah. And, they, and they probably prefer the offices too, the, the junior members that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important. Yeah. So like, you know, it's, if you're 22 years old, yeah. Remote working on your own is, is, is not that fun. You want to be in, in with the people, going out for drinks after work, you know, yeah. meet, meet other businesses. So we do, we do shared offices, so we meet other, other tech companies as well. So um, you're looking for the old guys that want to stay home with their families or the old ladies that, <laughs> the older ladies that want to stay home with their families uh, for the families, remote work. Families tend to be a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, look, the flip side of this year is, is as you build this team, you know, as you start to build it, you've got to be aware that you don't want to build an old team. <laughs> you sure. know, like, like you, like you need fresh blood coming in. You need younger people. And as the company gets bigger, there's obviously a hierarchy that comes out, and there's, and there's jobs that need to be done at both ends of the scale. Um, so, like, we haven't got all the answers yet. We'll manage that. I think, yeah, places like the states is is harder because we will be hiring people in different cities. Sure. Whereas in the UK, if, generally, if you're in the UK, you're probably in London. Right. You know. If you're in Australia, you're either in Sydney or Melbourne, really. Yeah. So again, a bit easier in these countries. Sure. So uh, pivoting a little bit, what's what's been like maybe the biggest failure that you've had this last year as a leader or a, a big lesson that you've learned this last year as a leader? 
We had to let a couple of team members go. And I think it, I think it probably came down to cultural fit. So we had a couple of team members who probably weren't, we probably didn't vet enough on culture at the beginning. Okay. Um, and so I think that ultimately played out. And so, yeah, you look back to hiring now and it's something that you know, we've kind of brought back into it. The other thing is, I think part of it as well is, is as we have started to go more remote, we've had to juggle how to keep the culture alive with that. And now we're pretty good. But I think as we went through it, like we learned a lot of lessons. You know, it's quite hard going from when you can turn around and chat to someone sure. to being online. So, so for instance, we used a, we used a, a PM tool where, where we had all the team communicating, something called Basecamp, which is a great product. But we found it actually ended up being a huge distraction because everyone just started to like dump in like all their thoughts into this massive thing. And people used to spend more time talking online than they would do in person. Mm. So we tried to break that and get, get and get, you know, if you need to talk to someone, honestly, it's, it's a case of getting on the phone or Zoom. Sure. It's often much better. Okay. That's a, a, that, that's a hard lesson to learn as you're trying to figure out where the right fit is culturally. I'm, I'm sure that was an important lesson to learn though too as a leader. Yeah. I mean, we're now on like, now you look at it and you go, well, we, we can grow a remote team. We're pretty confident of that, which, you know, the benefits are like talent. You just, you just find the best talent. It doesn't matter where someone's located. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, which is, which is huge. So I have, I have one more question for you. And then I would love for you to just give us a, a, a quick glimpse of Bonjoro and uh, tell our listeners how they can connect with you if they're interested. Um, yeah. Last question is, our, so Vitamin Lead, our tagline is your healthy dose of leadership. So I always love to ask, like, uh, could you define for us what healthy leadership is to you? Uh, healthy leadership, uh, I'd say it's, well, leading by example, Yeah, I think. Um, and I think a core part of that is to um, have some comedy thrown into it. <laughs> I don't think being a serious leader is always the right answer. Yeah. Um, you know, pe- people, if, if you're having fun with everyone and with the team, people see that and it makes, you know, them want to follow you more because it's more enjoyable. Yeah. yeah Cause you're a real stuff. person. You're a real human, you know, like you have yeah. emotions, o- open yourself up. That's good. I love that. So why don't you tell us about Bonjoro real quick? I, you guys have, you've worked with 30,000 companies in three years. Is that right? Yeah. About that. That's um, awesome. So we're basically a one-to-one uh, personalized video messaging tool that plugs into softwares, CRMs that people always already use. And what we do is we essentially uh, let you send personalized video messages uh, to new leads, um, to convert more leads, or to new customers to activate more customers, um, or long-standing clients just to uh, wish them a happy birthday or say thanks for being with us for a year. Um, so that those clients stay with you for longer. So you call a quick message, you get sent up an email, it takes about 30 seconds to do, and it'll be like, hey, TJ, Matt here, sorry you signed up, just want to say welcome on board, awesome to have you with us. If you have any questions, I'm the guy you want to talk to. And obviously by sending that, taking that time with a, with, with, with a client, they're more likely to uh, come on board as a customer because they see that you care. Yeah, it's more personalized. That's, that's it, personalization at scale. Yeah. That's the goal. I love it. Um, so how, how can folks connect with you? How can they take that next step with you? Yeah. So anyone wants to have a go, uh, just go to bonjuro.com and there's a free two week trial. So get on there, go crazy, have a play with it. See if it works for you. If you have any questions, uh, do talk to us. You will get a welcome video from one of the team. If you sign up, one of us will be in touch. 
Uh, anyway, so you'll see the product in action. But any questions, please do reach out and let us know. I love that. So how, how, how do we say goodbye in Australian? I feel like I know good day. Like, how do you say goodbye? Is it the same thing or? I think, I think it's just goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't say anything. We just walk, we just walk away <laughs> in silence. Is that how we should finish this podcast? Just walk away in silence. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for sharing, sharing with us and sharing uh, some of what you've been learning as a leader. So grateful for your time uh, this evening. No problem, TJ. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, live healthy leaders and we will talk soon.